The following is a presentation from the MJ Cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ Cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate, or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's that's one of my favorite things. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. Hello and welcome to the MJ Cast. I'm Jamin Bull, and today we've come together for a special roundtable episode to remember the incredible life of Joseph Walter Jackson, patriarch of the Jackson family and the man who undoubtedly started it all. As you will have heard, Joe passed away on June 27th after reportedly losing a battle with pancreatic cancer. I'm joined by my co-host Q, our Jackson family correspondent Yannicka, our legal correspondent Charlie, and we've got Elise Capron, our web assistant in Mission Control, taking some notes for us. Joe Jackson was born on July 26, 1928 in Arkansas. Having lived through a rough childhood himself, he met and married Catherine Scruce and together they had 10 children. Working two jobs, one at a steel mill and the other as a welder, Joe raised his family in a two-bedroom house in Gary, Indiana. Once a guitarist with his own amateur group called the Falcons, he imbued his children with a love of music and performance. Realising they had the talent to make it big, he started working as their manager in addition to his other jobs. He became known for ruling the group with an iron fist, but loved ones said his fire sprang only from wanting the very best for his children. As his sons showed more and more promise, Joseph pushed them to achieve greater and greater heights, first dominating the local talent shows, then competing nationally on the Chitlin circuit, signing them to Steel Town Records and eventually Motown. And of course, the rest was history. Today, the MJ cast has assembled a roundtable of people to talk about the life and legacy of a man who changed history forever. We are also pleased to introduce a very special guest, friend of the show, Taj Jackson, son of Tito Jackson and member of pop group 3T, who has offered to join us today to share his memories of his grandfather. Taj, our condolences are with you and your entire family during this difficult time. Thank you for taking the time to join us on the MJ cast. Uh, thank you. Yes, um, I can say definitely everyone's support has been so um, helpful in a way because this, this is such a hard time for us. And it's like we hear we hear everyone and um, it really is. It, it really does help us a lot. So I'm just so appreciative of everyone's support. That's awesome to hear, Taj. We appreciate the offer that you made to, to come on the call today. Can we ask a, a question straight up, whether the media reports of the cause of death are accurate? You know, I don't want to talk about that because I don't know that. Oh, but that's okay. <laughs> not, not because I'm hiding anything. I don't want to go on record because I'm not 100% sure. I, I actually never asked. I, That's um, fair enough. When I when I got, you know when I got there, it was you know I just knew my grandfather was sick and this was probably going to be the last time seeing him, and so I didn't even I, it didn't even occur to me to ask, you know what was it or whatever. I know other cousins did and other family members did. It's just for me it was just you know I knew he was sick and that's all that I focused on. 
Can I ask about another media report that was circulating before this, that there was a time that people around Joe were not allowing family members to see him? Yeah, th- that I, I actually don't. I read that with, with when you guys read that. So I don't really know. I know that when I got there to Vegas, I was allowed immediately in. And um, so that might have been beforehand. I don't know because I, I actually just read that with you guys. So I don't, when I say with you guys on Twitter or Facebook or on social media is where I kind of got that information too. So I'm very careful in trying to, you know, I don't want to spread a rumor that, so I, I don't know for sure what was going on or whatever. I know that I basically drove up there with my wife and we were let in immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there'll be a chance soon, Taj, where we can address some of those media reports that are coming out that aren't that aren't so accurate at the moment, and uh, really saying some terrible things about about Joseph. But before we get there, I'd love if you could talk to us a little bit about, from your perspective, what sort of grandfather was was Joseph like? Well, yeah, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I know a lot of family members would want to do this as well, but for me, just having been lucky enough to spend private time with him and you know many different occasions i just it really ate me up hearing about the media and hearing about some of the things they were saying and so for me i just wanted to kind of go on record and i know my dad you know he he did as well in another avenue and so i just for me i i look at my grandfather and and for me he's the symbol of strength and he's he's the symbol I, I've said this before. I've, I, I would say, you know, in this family, my grandma Catherine is the glue, but Joe is the bricks that the foundation is built upon, and that you know it needs strength and it need, and he had that strength and he had that vision, and we grew, growing up, you you see a lot of yourself in, in in family members as you grow up. You 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 see where the genes come from. You know, definitely the jokester slash loving um, to to prank people comes from the Joe side. <laughs> and I can tell you, majority of our family members have that gene in them. And that's a, Joe, <laughs> that's a Joe Jackson gene that we're very proud of, you know. I think when I look at my grandpa and, you know, look at his life and, and this and that, I'm just so grateful for what he did. You know, going back to Gary and, and seeing, you know, where they came from and then hearing stories about a lot of the childhood friends or the people around them died of whether it was drugs or gang violence. And I, I feel like my grandfather looked at it as this is his way out. This is their way out. I commend him for that because it it probably wasn't easy. And I know when they were kids, they were they would um, get ridiculed about their music and in that way, I feel like you had to be tenacious. You had to basically not listen to whatever everyone was saying and kind of stay on your path. And that tenacious attitude is what we all have running through our veins. You ask, how is Michael so strong or how is Janet so strong or my dad or, you know, us when, when it comes to this stuff, it comes from my grandpa. And, you know, the, the, the faith side and the loving side comes from my grandma and the, in that side, but the strength the willpower that comes from my grandpa, you know, and the never giving up aspect of it. 
I've had many different occasions where I've spent time with them. The most memorable, I mean, obviously he went to my wedding with my, um, which was incredible because I actually didn't expect him to come because, you know, he was living in Vegas. He made the trip over and that was so meaningful to me that he actually came. It really meant a lot to me. That was one of the things that I just was so grateful that he, he made that trip over. I think the day before he was still in Vegas, so it wasn't like he was in L.A. just, you know, and happened to be like, OK, let's just go. So I think the another time where I was definitely got to know him was and Yannicka can probably fill in the gaps of that was when we when I went up to Germany and um, got to spend time with him and my uncle Jermaine. I would say that was probably the time when I got to know him the best. Obviously, I would go to conventions in Vegas and I would stay over his house. But that was like a quick one or two days. And I'd be gone at the convention a lot and spend the night over his house in Vegas, you know, when I was in my 20s. But this was a time in Germany where I actually got to know him and just the I, I would say the pride that he had in, in the family and what we had accomplished as a family. And um and the pride he showed in us as, as 3T, me and my brothers. A lot, a lot of fans know that he went on tour with us. <laughs> that also, you know, is one of the memories I have of where I, I was super proud and knowing that we were c- continuing on and we had kind of his seal of approval that he, he loved it. And there's a story that, you know, my grandma told us that that night, the, the first time he saw us perform, you know, there was a tear that he had, you know, down his cheek. And, and, you know, a lot of people know he's not the, he wasn't the most emotive person, but that meant a lot. I guess the legacy and continuing on that Jackson tradition, because I think he knew what the family had done in terms of not only music, but in terms of charity, in terms of influence and, and, and positive influence and helping the world. And, and I think that's the pride he had in the name. I look at Joe Jackson and none of this would have happened without Joe. Not only would none of this have happened if my grandpa wasn't the person that he was, the Jackson legacy as it is would not be the same because he instilled them the determination, the drive, the strive for perfection, the wanting to to be the best. You know, my life would be completely different. I don't even know if I'd be here. <laughs> you know, that that's a thing, you know. Taj, can we ask you a little bit about those last few days when you, you flew out to Vegas to to be with Joe? How was he? Were you able to speak with him? And, and did you get to say everything to him that you wanted to be able to, to say to him? I'm going to be very careful only because I know, you know, the one thing that when my grandpa got sick was that we got a lot of media offers and whatever, and we stayed away from them. And so I don't want to go that route because family will be upset at me and I'll be upset at myself for there's a way that people twist it to to make it sound like I'm using this as an opportunity unfortunately but for me I just wanted to set the record straight but I can't answer that for you um I for me it was super important to be there and the main concern was just whether or not we would get there in time because we were driving up and I couldn't get there right when it happened or right when we found out. Getting there and, and um, obviously you see your grandpa in that state and it's not, you don't have the best feeling because you remember him one way and then here he is 
very vulnerable and you know and very frail and it was a very sad situation to see him in but at the same time i'm so happy and so um lucky that i was able to see him and 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 tell him how much i love him tell him how much how appreciative i was of him and what he had done for me and my family and um also i was able to uh, with my wife share the news that you know that we were having a daughter that was important to me too i wanted even though the, my daughter's still in, in my wife's belly i wanted you know her to be there too so it was a hard time in terms of that there was a lot of family there i mean and so there's a lot of support there but at the same time you're you're not only mourning but there's things going on in the world that kind of affects you as well in, ter- in terms of that because everyone thinks that they have access to the family in a way that they have an opinion I would say and, and we appreciate that when it when it's when it's positive but at the same time there's a lot of negativity too that you have to deal with yeah Taj can you take us back to like Gary to when Joe found out that Poppati broke a string of his guitar, <laughs> but it was a breaking point as far as Joseph actually making work of his boys and, and getting them, coaching them, training them, yeah. professionalizing them. But can you take us back to that point and, you know, how he delivered basically the band to Motown? Yeah, I mean, he was the groomer of it all. And not only that, I you know, my dad, you know, talking to my dad and, and you you know, when you're a kid, you look up to your dad and grandpa played guitar. And that's what made, you know, besides my uncle Luther, my dad wanted to be a guitarist because of my grandpa and uncle Luther. They both played guitar. And, um, yes, when my dad used to sneak, you know, the guitar, when my grandpa went off to work and he was told not to do that, he would play and play and, and, what ended up happening and this is a story that my dad has told us and it's been confirmed but my dad broke a string one time and didn't know how to fix a string and because he had been doing it for a long period of time but that was the moment where um my grandpa knew that my dad had been messing around with the guitar and he didn't know which one had done it he just knew someone had been messing around with his guitar and he and they were told specifically not to touch the guitar and then so My dad got disciplined, and then that same day, my grandpa sat him down and said, now now show me what you can do. And my dad played, and my grandpa saw the talent and saw like a light bulb went off. And he saw, maybe he saw himself in there and saw the opportunity of, this is a chance for my kids to have a better life than I've had. I think that, for me, that's the turning point because equipment wasn't cheap at that point and especially they were living in a small house in, in Gary as you guys have seen to make that kind of investment and that kind of leap of faith yes it takes discipline yes it takes hard work and he wanted to remind his boys that that this is not going to come easy and you have to be better than the best i think um you know uh, as these different media reports come out all around the world about Joseph and reflections on his life. And obviously, let's let's not hide from the fact that one of the narrative angles that a lot of these reporters are taking is, is the hard disciplinarian 
Oh, yeah, definitely. But as I reflect back on Joe's life and, and I think about, you know, his uh, early years with the Jackson 5 training them, it's it's the hard work that he put in that that resonates with me. I, I was listening to an interview yesterday with Joseph where he was talking about actually uh, when, when the Jackson 5, prior to when they were signed to Steeltown, doing all the um, talent shows, all of that hard work, he was actually working two jobs at the steel mill and as a welder. Yes, exactly. And and not only that, I think there's a cultural, and I, I when I say cultural, I mean also racial um, point in terms of a lot of uh, black families, not even back then. I mean, you, you when you discipline your kids, you spanked your kids, you know, and that was the thing. And I, I don't know, you know, I only know my experience. I was spanked, you know. Nowadays, it's it's looked down upon in a certain way, but I definitely was spanked, and I'm actually very appreciative that I was spanked because I I I know how some of my friends turned out, and and it kept me in line. And I think, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, well, that's abuse and this and that. And, and But at the same time, it, it just all depends on, I guess, the lens you look through. But I do know that, I mean, I can't talk for everyone in the family, but I know that with my uncle, that, you know, he, he had done other interviews where he had talked about that the work ethic and, the, and what Joe had instilled him, that he was appreciative of him and that he had felt like he was as a father now, he was almost, he had a lot of Joe in him. And um, I know my dad felt the same way. And, and my dad was super appreciative of my grandpa's work ethic and that what he had done, you know, um, because the alternative was basically them getting into trouble, them going and basically hanging out in the streets and either joining a gang or maybe doing drugs or something like that. That was probably the alternative. And I think that keeping them in the house doing music, that was their way out. That's what kept them safe. And they were known in the, in the neighborhood as, oh, those Jackson boys are just, you know, they're in there making noise, you know, in there. But what they were doing is they were kind of in their own bubble being protected from everything around them as well. Yes, I, I, I'm super aware of what we're hearing in the media and all that stuff. And, and I definitely know that for me, like I, you know, obviously I was never disciplined by my grandfather. You know, so I can't really speak on behalf of like, you know, what it was like to be, you know, disciplined by my grandfather. But at the same time, you know, I know my dad was, and my dad has always said that he looked up to my grandfather, and he, you know, he was proud of the man that he was. And I know my dad got a lot. I know my dad got that discipline a lot, you know, because my dad was always trying to push the boundaries, and so that for me, I think, just hearing you know the narrative of what the, a lot of the media is trying to portray my grandfather as it, it just that was kind of what bothered me about everything and that's kind of what made me want to jump on social media and, and say something was because you know I always, I always say if you don't say anything you know our, our family is super private and we don't say anything and then we just let the narrative be what the narrative is and you can't do that in today's world because the narrative is going to be what people say it is and what we know. And I always say this, but what we know from Mozart, Beethoven, you know, WC, um, Da Vinci is only from what we read about them. And so that if what you read about Joe is what the media tells you about Joe, then you don't really know who Joe was. And that's the thing. 
Taj, what like you you made this offer to come on the call today. So what is it that you would like to really make a point of while you're able to speak with us? I think that a lot of the family, when they're ready to speak about it, they will. I know everyone has great memories that they you know that make them smile and share. And I don't want to go into private memories that other family members have had, but I can tell you that in Vegas, everyone you know, was so happy that they were there in terms of with my grandpa and everyone, you know, you felt the love that he had. And, and that for me meant a lot in that way, because, um, the media would make it sound like he got along with none of the family and that the family had, you know, um, ousted him and didn't want to talk to him. And that was not true at all. As you, as as I said, he went to my wedding, and was there, and it's so it's like it's just it's just hard because you hear certain things and you're like that's not my grandfather, and that's not how he is and how he was in the past. I've only heard things from media and stuff like that. When I hear it from my family members and stuff like that, it's always um, like, yes, your your grandpa was hard, but I'm happy he was hard because this is what the outcome was. So, Taj, can you solve a mystery in the fan community, which is, why is Joe called the Hawk? I wish I knew that answer. I think, from what I've heard, it's that he can see everything. He's so aware of everything around him. You can't you can't slide something past the Hawk. He sees everything, and that's that's why, you know, what I've thought in terms of. I think I've asked before, and that's kind of what answer I got, but that was a long time ago, so I don't even know if that was the right answer, but that's it made sense to me because he saw everything and he was aware of everything. And you know, he was tough like a hawk too. He could you know, he had that that vision. And I just want to say this and thank you guys for having me on as well, because the thing is is that I don't want to be the loudmouth in the family, but at the same time, I do feel like being the second eldest grandchild that, you know, we came from a different generation in terms of we've seen the lumps and bruises that our family gets over from the media. And a lot of us are kind of tired of it, you know, and so I just coming from the heels of just having seen my grandfather and, and saying goodbye to him to then reading stuff on social media about people having, um, I guess, opinions about my grandfather without even having known him, but just having what they've read about him or what they've seen on in the interviews, you know, but not seeing the other interviews afterwards. It's just, it's, it's cherry picking and picking what you want to read and what you want to see. And that's the thing. And, and I know there's, you know, there's been stuff that my uncle Michael has said in the past, but then there's other stuff later on in his life, you know, he said, completely different and i think if the family has reconciled and the family you know is okay with something i don't understand why the rest of the world gets to put in their opinion on it when it affects the family now if it affected the world then i understand that but at the same time that's the thing people like a villain and i think they uh 
neglect to see that there is actual real villains out there and this is <laughs> this is like yeah. an easy one that they can pick and that's yeah, really I know. sad and 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 it's and it's very true and i i've i've read such harsh comments that it almost made me like really sick because it's like i don't know how someone can say that about someone that they don't even know it real it was obviously hurtful but at the same time it was i had a sense of oh, this person you know I, not of sorrow but this person's very naive they don't even know they're just going off of what they've read or just because it's the cool thing to say but yeah that was the thing for me I, and knowing my grandfather knowing what my experience has been with him and and i've been around you know i'm the second eldest grandchild so i've been around a lot and he's always been warm to me and he's always been open to me and and loving to me and and i've always had a relationship with him that i was proud of and happy of that was the thing that i could not let slide i saw what was getting painted the picture that was getting painted about him and it just it really irritated me and i just i just didn't want that to go on without being challenged that's it and it's the same thing that i would say about my uncle michael it's the same exact thing there's people that they look at them one way and that's all they'll look at them as and you can give them all the evidence in the world you can tell them this you can you can show them examples of this but they'll never you know they don't want to believe it and they don't want to see it the other way and so i feel that's it was just that same path it was deja vu in that way it was like okay we're gonna paint joe jackson as this and this is the title he's gonna wear and i was like no he's not gonna wear this title because this is what the family thought of him and you're you're wrong a, but B, you know, this is someone that for me, without, you know, Grandpa Joe and obviously my grandma, this none of this would have happened. And I don't care how you you can say, oh, well, so-and-so still would have been this or that. No, it's 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 work ethic and it's and it's discipline, but it's also drive. And there's a lot of talented people out there that can sing, but there's a certain I guess mixture, you know, as if it were you were baking a cake, there's a certain ingredient, I would say, that my grandpa put into the equation that hasn't been replicated yet. You and I must make a pact. We must bring salvation back. There is love. I'm Reach out my hand to you. I have faith in all you do. Just call my name and I'll be there. I'll be there to comfort you. Build my world dreams around you. I'm so glad that I found. If he doesn't, I'll 
This is Tito Jackson, and it's Tito time. Thanks for listening to the MJ cast. I think one of my abiding memories of Joe, actually, probably because of the era I grew up in, is is of him looking after Michael during his trial, walking into mm-hmm. court with him most days, holding his hand and that kind of thing. I mean, how would you describe his role or his effect on, on the family during that period? Did he kind of take charge or... or you know, how do you remember that? That was his son. And that's how he looked at it as this. They're coming after my son and I'm not going to let this happen. My grandfather had always been protective of his family, no matter what. And, and he always took pride of that. And he always took pride in their accomplishments. He knew what was going on. He knew what they were trying to do to him. And he was going to make sure that he was there for his son. That's how I looked at it. And that's how, what I saw. Because I, as some people know I was there, at, you know, for that whole trial. I was I stayed at Neverland, you know, to be with my uncle, and um, so I saw a lot of behind the scenes, which I won't talk about. But I also saw my grandpa there, and you know, as a, a father, someone that basically took the role of you. You know, you're messing with my boy, and I'm not going to let this happen, and I'm going to be there for him. Well, it's interesting because uh, I think Prince testified that during Michael's final months as well, you know, he if, if he felt like something was going wrong in his life, then the first thing he would say is, I need Joe. So that's a kind of an interesting yes, comparison with the that, way the media portrays their relationship. <laughs> and thank you for saying that. That is completely true. And that is completely because I think, you know, when... Um, I'm just being careful how I say certain things because I know I know I know how things get. Not from you guys, but just people cherry pick things and whatever. But I would I would say that you realize where strength comes from. And my grandpa was the epitome of strength and of resilience. My grandma gave the love and the, gave the, the comfort, but my grandpa gave the I'm not going to let you do this to me, and I'm going to fight. And I'm that fighter instinct. And that was the thing that I just, I feel like that's what my uncle later days needed to feel to get through it all was the fighter instinct of it. And there's, there honestly, there was no tougher person than my grandpa Joe when it came to that and, and when it came to strength and the epitome of strength. Absolutely. And I know that it was a, a, it's been a very big tradition within the Jackson family over the years to celebrate Joe Jackson Day. 
Do you think that in the future that tradition will continue each year? That's a good question. I think if it was up to me, and I don't want to say too much because there's stuff that might happen in terms of future things that for me, I would definitely say that I feel like with my grandma and my late grandpa, like they should be celebrated. And there's so much that we would want to do in that aspect of it because as I said, without them, none of this would have happened. And the world would look a lot different. You know, I can actually say that the world would look a lot different without the Jackson name. Taj, you've, you've mentioned your grandma quite a lot so far. There have been media reports as well that your grandma has had a stroke or is unwell or something, which is concerning a lot of the fans. Are you able to offer any clarity or reassurance on that front? There was one time when I was on my computer. This was recent. This was probably a couple months ago. I was on my computer, and I was talking to my grandma. And, and I won't mention the site because I don't want to give them any more attention. But I'm scrolling on this site, and it said, Catherine Jackson just had a stroke and family is with her. And I'm talk- and, as, and my two sides of my brain are working. One that's like, I'm talking to my grandma now. I know this is not true. But then I'm reading it, and this is what they're telling me. And so that just goes to show you, you know, I always take that pause now. I've always taken that pause anyway, but there's no further confirmation than you actually talking to someone when you read something that's false, you know, and you're actually talking to the person about that. So that was one, that was one scenario. And all I can say is that if I wasn't talking to my grandma at that point, I probably would have freaked out and probably would have called family and said, is it true? So it's, it's hard because you kind of, you naturally do believe what you read and you're like, oh my goodness, is this true? Is there truth to this? But then, um, then the other part is like, I'm okay. I know that they make up stuff to get ratings or to, to get clicks or clickbait and all that stuff. So for me, that's why I'm kind of very cautious of it now. And I'm super thankful for the fans concern about my grandma, but my grandma is doing well, you know, for the situation of what she's going through now. But my grandma and health wise is doing well. That's great to hear. That's that's heartwarming and positive. Yes. I have a question about Joe Jackson and 3T. Yes. When you are performing and when you were releasing records in the 90s and you were, you had chart-topping hits, what's some of the feedback Joe was giving you about the songs, about the performances? I can tell you that my grandpa was one of our biggest fans. And it was, for me, that meant more than anything because that was like the seal of approval in a way. And, and knowing what his children had accomplished and knowing that we'll never reach that, but still knowing that my grandpa could look at it in different views and different spectacles, I would say. And that meant a lot to us. And what he always would tell me whenever I would see him, he'd always say, keep that music going. That's what he loved for us to do was do that music. You know, he always wanted us to release that music. He'd always ask me, how, how's 3T going? You know, it doesn't matter what part of my life I was in. It was like, how's 3T going? And he always wanted us to continue. And um, that was one of the things for me that I take pride in is, is because, you know, obviously there's a legacy and we're just trying to do our little part in it. But at the same time, it's like we are continuing his dream and his legacy. And so 
I'm very proud of that. And he never really had opinions on songs and all that stuff because he wanted us to do our own thing. But um, he definitely, definitely was super supportive of us. You said that you you wanted to see Joseph and, and make sure that he's aware that you're having a daughter with Tayana and that yes. there's a family extension. Then how did he react to that? Because the girls are pretty rare in the family. Usually it's boys. Yeah, <laughs> um, he actually smiled. That meant so much because that took a lot of energy to, for him to do right. at that point. And, and, and I know he acknowledged what we were saying and everything like that. And to get that smile out of him meant a lot because I I know uh, not getting too personal but I do know that he had a special relationship with my mom as well my mom loved him dearly my mom saw right through his toughness and saw his soft side mm. and <laughs> so that was the thing he had you know he had a special place in his heart for my mom and in that way and, and we felt it we always felt it growing up and stuff like that my mom you know coming from New York that you know she saw right through him and, and saw his toughness you know, the shell of his toughness, but saw the softness in him. And so we've always looked at him that way, as a, as a, a softy inside. We never looked at him as a, there's no softness there. Wow, beautiful. Well, that's nice that actually Joe was aware that, that the family extension. It, 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 yeah, it, it, it made a lot, it meant a lot to me because that was the thing for me was that I knew that, you know, my daughter would never really physically get to meet him. But at the same time, I wanted her to spiritually meet him in that way. So that that meant a lot. Beautiful. It sounds, Taj, like you found out quite late in the day that Joe was unwell. What was going on there? Why, why did the family all find out really with just days to spare? That's a very good question. I don't have that answer. I know that everyone found out late. No one, no one was prepared. So... Uh, it wasn't like people were hiding it. And then, you know, I don't know what the answer for that is. I don't want to speculate because then it's like on record. But like, I don't know if he even knew until, you know, but I don't know that answer. So, OK. One of the one of the questions I guess we always ask when we speak to people about your uncle Michael is how Michael should be remembered. And I guess I'd like to ask. Taj, how should Joe Jackson be remembered? Uh, that's a great question. I think, um, <laughs> you know, I think for me, he should be remembered as him and Catherine as architects of the legacy of the ones that sacrificed what their life was going through, um, TJ mentioned it during one of our podcasts. He basically said that my grandpa was 30 when, when everything uh, with the Jackson 5 hit like prime time in his, his life. He's over there working with his boys. Kind of the same thing that my dad did with us as 3T that we're appreciative of. When you give that time period and you invest it all into your kids, something comes out of that in a way that I just, I'm super appreciative and um, I just would want him to be remembered as him and my grandma as the, the creators of the legacy. Without them, none of this would have A, happened, but each one of their personalities contributed. You can take any member of the family, whether you're a Janet Jackson fan, a Jackson 5 fan, a Toya fan, a Michael fan, a Reby fan, 
you know, 3T fan or uh, Jermaine fan, every one of them has both Joseph and Catherine genes in them. And, and there's different combinations, but they have both genes running through them. And you can see it night and day. And that's, what, that's that magical ingredient that made the Jackson family. And I'm talking outside the family, even though I'm part of the family. But that's what made the family what they are today. I think Catherine, her heart and her soul and her love and her, her that added to the charity aspect and to the to wanting to change the world and and you know not make it a pun but to make it a better place. And then you take my grandpa and you take the strive and and the wanting to be the best and the tenaciousness and the media says this about me or the media is trying to knock me down but I'm going to get back up and I'm going to show them. And that's the Joe aspect of it. And without the Joe aspect of it, there'd be no thriller. Because when my uncle said, when he got denied the claim that Off the Wall should have had, he said, I'm going to make an album so great that they won't be able to deny me. And that energy and that I'm going to show them, that comes from Joe. I could tell you that right now. That came from my grandpa. That's a beautiful answer. Thank you, Taj. Do you know much about your granddad's early life and childhood? That's a very good question. And um, I definitely want to know more. I think the world should know more. It's something that I would love to do. I think people need to know more about my grandfather. I think that's one of the things that I've always said as well, is that when people don't know that much about you, it's very easy to paint you a certain way. Mm. Um, and I think that's the thing is that you don't know my grandfather. You didn't get to know him like we did. And so when that happens, you only have what is shown to you in that way. And so, you know, there's the, you only see what little clips here and there from paparazzi of him talking or this or that, or how did he deal with this? And so I think that's, you know, that's unfair to, to paint someone's life by sound bites. And so, for me, I feel that that would be something that should be explored and something that should be presented. I think both him and my grandma, that would be incredible to, to know what their life was like and a, a story about them pre, you know, pre Jackson 5 to Jackson 5 time period, which might be in the works already. I, I can't say anything. I'm just saying that that's something that. W- that has been thought of. Awesome. I think when we sort of look at Joe's life, you know, he was born like in the the 1920s, I believe, you know, the, the social change that he lived through and experienced firsthand and then being at the forefront of some of it, like, you know, touring the biggest black musical group around the U S during that time would not have been easy And for him, you know, in 2018 to see the first black president and the legacy of his family that is continuing now, his ever-growing family, I think that's an amazing thing to reflect back on. Oh, of course. And and, and, and I think that would be amazing. You also have to remember that, like, as parents, and I'm not a parent, well, I am a parent, actually, Um, but... With, you know, as a mother or father, you protect your children, too. So I'm sure there's a lot that he saw behind the scenes that he protected them from seeing. That, 
you know, whether it was some of the racism that they had to deal with or some of the hate that they had to deal with or the adversity going up the ranks of and and doing so well as a black family in America. And I'm sure he shielded them from a lot of that as well, but it didn't shield it from him. And so he absorbed that and used that as drive. But for them, they were kids. So a lot of that they probably didn't even notice. I know that's the same with my dad with with there's a lot and I was you know the eldest 21 when 3T was happening and my dad shielded us from a lot of stuff and I was 21 and he he told us after the tour like you know so and so wanted this or did this behind your back and I had to you know so it's like that's what a parent does and that's what I why I think like my grandpa didn't get as much credit as he d- deserved in that way because he took he took kids from Gary, Indiana he took a family from Gary, Indiana and made them probably one of the most famous families in the world and and when I say famous I don't just mean famous just to be famous I mean in terms of changing the world helping the world Taj, I have a question for you about Joseph's relationship with Michael Jackson's estate later in life. We saw a, Joe a couple of years ago come out uh, massively supporting the sale of Michael's um, Sony ATV catalog online. And I'm just wondering in those final few years, was it a positive relationship with, with John Branker and, and John McClain? I don't know that answer because I never asked, you know, and, and asked him, you know, um, we did see our grandpa um, this year before, you know, obviously before um, everything happened, but we did see him this year. The um, I think it's on social media, but uh, a lot of the cousins, a lot of the other younger generation hung out with him. He had a book. And so we, we got to see him and hang out with him for the whole day. But that was nothing that I ever asked him was um, what his relationship with the state was like. I do know that um, when I saw him that day, he was very happy and he was excited about the book. And, you know, I'm in the book, which I was excited. About. I didn't even know I was going to be in the book, you know. Um, but it's like that's, you know, I, he, at the end of the day, he's my grandpa. And it's, it's always weird because I think for us, we never talk business when we're together because, you know, the, as a family, like, a lot of people would ask me about other family members, like, oh, what do she think about this? Like, if it's my Aunt Janet or whatever. And it's like, we don't talk business. We talk about everything but music and business. We might talk about who we who we listen to, you know, but it's never about ourselves or about because we, we deal with that all the time anyway. So that would not even be a question I probably would have thought of to ask him. Yeah. Taj, it seemed like there was a lot of family, especially the younger generations that did get to go to Vegas to see Joe uh, before he passed, which was amazing to see. And I'm guessing that um, family overseas also, everyone will be getting together. It'll be a, a quite the um, the pilgrimage for everyone to yes. reunite. Yeah, there. I mean, the, the beauty of it was that the media did not, get wind of where he was and, and and so we were kind of left alone but I can tell you that the family support was overwhelming and a lot of the family I wouldn't even say a lot I would say 99% of the family was there in Vegas at one point or another and that for me meant a lot as well 
because it, 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 you know, you, you read about things and, and you even question yourself. You're like, well, does this person have a, re-? and, and then they step into the room or the, you know, and you see them tearing up and, and, and you realize that what you read, cause you're only human as well. What you read was false or what you read was not what the person felt. That was the thing for me. So I would say that, yes, a lot of younger generation was there, but his kids were there too. I think there was only one that wasn't able to make it. I don't want to say who it was, but one that wasn't able to make it because of the traveling distance. Well, Taj, we're going to we're gonna let you go. And, and we want to thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts for being able to come on the MJ cast today and talk so openly and beautifully about your grandfather, the Hawk, Joseph Jackson. Yes. Um, thank you so much. Thank and you. there's there's two things I want to say to you personally as well. The first one is congratulations to you and your wife ah, on um, <laughs> her pregnancy and your and you'll be having a baby girl soon. When's when's she due? November twenty first. It's actually smack in the middle of a couple of shows that we're doing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> wow. Because we have a show. Yeah, but but at the same time, you know, um, I'm happy because this is going to change my life and for the better. And I'm I'm super excited about this. But thanks. So thank you. For- That's okay. That's okay. And the second thing I wanted to say to you was just, um, I really wanted to thank you um, for being that voice of truth and um, uh, reason in the Jackson family who can cut through the lies publicly and, and speak truth. It's a great thing for us fans of, of your family yeah. to, to see truth. It's, it's fantastic. So thank you. Thank you for giving me a platform. At the same time, you know, a lot of people that know me know that's not my nature to do in terms of I, my nature is obviously I defend, you know, because I, of people I care about, but I don't really like the spotlight that much on me. But at the same time, it's so important to in this day and age to st- stand up for what you believe in or else it, it never changes. And so I think that was the thing. I know there's, I know that there's a lot of family that feel the same way, obviously that I do. And, um, they just don't want to talk about it like that. And so it's hard because I grew up that way where it's like, you, you're not supposed to go on the, on the news and talk about this and that. But so it's kind of like, it's, it's a push pull for me as well, because I grew up, you know, being like where it was like, no, why, why is this person on the news? Or why is this person giving an interview? But at the same time, I've realized that, a lot of the lies have existed because no one's confronted them. No one's corrected them. And so I've been one of those people that have done that only because I've, the alternative is that people just will keep believing it. And so, you know, you have to find your avenues that you trust, which is obviously you guys. Cause I've, I've been on a couple of times, you know, there's, there's others too, but it's like, that's for me, the most important thing is just, is, is a trust factor. And, and, our family's only human and yes, we're going to make mistakes. Yes. We're going to fall at times and, and, but everyone does. And that's the thing we're, we're under a microscope and we're not allowed to fall or fail or this or that. Um, and we're, we're supposed to be perfect. And that's, that's the hardest thing is being able to just be like, okay, no one's perfect. No family is perfect. We're just a family that's trying to make, you know, great music, but also make a difference in this world. And that's all that we wanted to do. And so that's for me, you know, the, the, what the Jackson brand or legacy means. And that's what I defend. I defend that aspect of it.
Well, I think you're doing a terrific job, Taj, and the family certainly has made a positive difference in the world through music and the message that the Jacksons stand for. And yeah, we've got Joe to thank for that. Uh, a yes. huge amount, a huge amount. So on behalf of Jamin and myself at the MJ cast, our wonderful web assistant, Elise and Yannicka of Jackson Source and our good friend, Charles Thompson today. Thank you again. Uh, we, we send all the best to you and your family and all the strength and love that you need at this time. And we really appreciate your voice today on this round table uh, for your grandfather. So thank you again. They, uh, can I say one more thing? Um, Absolutely. I, don't know if you, I asked my grandpa, I remember this, um, I did ask him, I asked him, uh, this wasn't the hospital visit, this was when he had visited all the um, second generation, and I asked him what his favorite number was. He smiled at me, and he said, the number one, of course. And <laughs> that is grandpa for me, and that's what... It, there was no other number. Number one was it. Mm. And that's what he instilled in his boys and in his girls and into us as well. We have that running through us, you know, me and my brothers and my cousins and, and their kids. And so that that is my grandpa. You know, I thought he was going to say number five for Jackson five. He, <laughs> you know, he's like, he said, no, the number one, you know, number one is there's no number, you know better than number one and so and and he smiled and that was and it's true you know for him that was number one that's what he taught his family strive to be the best ah that's perfect did just the very last question which i only just thought of did he have a favorite song from your family from from the j5 or from anyone i asked i asked him that too and he wouldn't answer that that i did (sighs) ask him that that was that was my follow-up question and he said he liked them all you know, okay. so he didn't give me that. He didn't give me that satisfaction. I did ask that. No, I did ask that question. <laughs> he said they were all his favorites. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, and our thoughts will be with you all as you uh, celebrate Joe's life and as we all remember him and his legacy. Well, thank you guys for giving me this opportunity. I appreciate it. You're welcome. To me.
Hi, this is Michael Prince, studio engineer and producer with Michael Jackson, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. Wow. Well, that was uh, some some really poignant thoughts there from Taj Jackson. I feel really uh, honored again that we got a chance to speak to a Jackson family member, especially at this important time for, and sad time for the family as well. Q, what did you think of that? I think it was really great that Taj had some incredible insight that he wanted to share and to set that record straight. We've heard over and over again, and I think I don't know how, but that fans still forget the media narrative when it comes to the Jackson family is not accurate. Taj sitting with uh, his grandma, Kate, and then reading on the computer that she's just had a stroke. That was crazy. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, it's not the first time we've heard something like that. I remember when Randy Phillips told the story about being sat opposite Michael and, um, as they were having a meeting face-to-face, a story popped up online saying that he was dying of a flesh-eating disease or something. It's important to remember that the media narrative that Taj is talking about regarding Joe is not comparable to the media sort of fabricating a story that Catherine's had a stroke because the this narrative of Joe as the brutal father was was Michael's narrative. That was the story that he told many times over to many different interviewers. I think what Taj is complaining about with regards to Joe is is that that was a slice of the story and not the whole thing. So, you know, it's it's, it's kind of the same with LaToya when they report that LaToya sided against Michael in 1993, but then they never mention that she retracted it all after um, Jack Gordon passed away. But, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear from Taj. It sounds like he he's not fully abreast of what exactly was going on in Joe Jackson's world prior to finding out with a few days to spare that he was ill. But but the insight that he was able to offer was interesting to hear. I can just go on with my own experience with Joseph's. I've met him a couple of times and he is the hawk. He is really, really funny and really the pranking. That he, it's, it's correct what Taj said about the pranking part that is coming from Joseph, even when I met him, he was obviously at an older age. He is that funny. He is that, that he, he sees everything. It is true. So that's why he's called the hog. And it's, he's just, he's just fun to be around with because he's smart. He's wise. He knows what he's talking about. He's not taking bullshit. Uh, and he's, it's, 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 he's just fun. It's just funny. He just likes to have a good time. What were the times that you met Joseph for, Janneke? Oh, the first time was at a book signing when he just had his book out. And so I went somewhere in Germany. Uh, he was signing his book. At that time, it was he had a book out and it was in German. So that was uh, in 2004. And then the next year, I met him again in Berlin. And that was what Taj was talking about, the, the, the Joe Jackson birthday party where Jermaine, Taj and Joseph were at and where Taj actually got to know his grandfather and he would also say at that time that he would actually have a better understanding of Uncle Jermaine because he was actually spending solid time with them. So that was when I met Joseph again and then I think a couple years later I met him again, I'm not sure where, and then I had a lunch with him in Vegas in 2014. So that was about a year before his stroke hit him 
So he was he was at an older age, but actually really yeah really sharp, really funny. It was cool. It was amazing. We sat there for three hours. So that was just that was just all good. I was really fortunate to have that time with him. There's been some amazing tributes that we've uh, shared on Twitter across social media. You know, they've come in from everywhere, from family members to Barry Gordy at Motown, and. Yeah, we just wanted to do this little episode to remember Joe and then Taj offered to to come on the call and to get his side of the story across and to set the record straight. So I guess thank you all for, for joining us on today's episode. Charlie, Yannicka, Elise and Mission Control and, of course, Jamin, thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. So as we wrap things up, Q, do you want to share where people can find us on social media if they want to want to follow us? Sure. Well, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find us as the MJCast. We have our YouTube channel where some of the edited audio of these podcast episodes end up. Our channel is, of course, the MJCast as well. You can email us the MJCast at iCloud.com. And then we are a podcast, so you should be listening to us via podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Podbean, Podcast Republic, uh, Podcast Addict, and didn't Google just launch a new podcast platform as well? Yeah, Google just released their own official podcasts app as well, which would be an amazing place, I'd imagine, to subscribe if you are an Android user. Very easy to do. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. It was put together very quickly after we heard the, the sad news of Joe's passing. There we are. Hope everybody enjoys their fortnight ahead. We will be back with another episode of the MJ Cast shortly, probably a regular episode where we can talk about all the news on Michael Jackson and the Jackson family. Until then, make sure to keep Michaeling. Thanks, everyone. Michael on.
He seemed intent, above all else, on making us a commercial success, and that he was more than adept. My father was a managerial genius, and my brothers and I owe our professional success in no small measure to the forceful way that he pushed us. He trained me as a showman, and under his guidance, I couldn't miss a step. But what I really wanted was a dad. I wanted a father who showed me love. And my father never did that. He never said, I love you, while looking at me straight in the eyes. He never played a game with me. He never gave me a piggyback ride. He never threw a pillow at me or a water balloon. But I remember once when I was about four years old, there was a little carnival and he picked me up and put me on a pony. It was a tiny gesture, probably something he forgot five minutes later. But because of that one moment, I had this special place in my heart for him. Because that's how kids are. The little things mean so much. They mean so much. For me, that one moment meant everything. I only experienced it one time. But that one time made me feel really good about him and about the world. But I, but now I am a father myself. And one day I was thinking about my own children, Prince and Paris, and how I wanted them to think of me when they grow up. To be sure, I would like them to remember how I always wanted them with me, wherever I went, how I always tried to put them before everything else. But there are also challenges in their lives because my kids are stalked by paparazzi. They can't always go to the park or to the movies with me. So what if they resent me when they grow older? What if they resent how my choices impacted their youth? Why weren't, why weren't we given an average childhood? Like all the other kids, you might ask. And at that moment, I pray that my children will give me the benefit of the doubt, that they will say to themselves, our daddy did the best he could, given the unique circumstances that he faced. He may not have been perfect, but he was a warm and decent man who tried to give us all the love in the world. I hope that they will always focus on the positive things, on the sacrifices I willingly made for them, and not criticize the things they had to give up or the errors I've made, and will certainly continue to make in raising them. For we have all been someone's child, and we know that despite the very best of plans and efforts, mistakes will always occur. That's just being human. And when I think about this, of how I hope that my children will not judge me unkindly, and will forgive me, forgive my shortcomings, I am forced to think of my own father, and despite my earlier denials, I am forced to admit that he must have loved me. He did love me, and I know that. There were little things that showed it. When I was a kid, 
I had a real sweet tooth. We all did. My father, he did try. But my favorite food to satisfy my sweet tooth was glazed donuts. <laughs> and my father knew that. So every few weeks, I would come downstairs in the morning and there on the kitchen counter was a bag of glazed donuts. No note, no explanation, just the donuts. It was like Santa Claus. Sometimes I would think about staying up late at night so I could see him leave them there. But just like with Santa Claus, I didn't want to ruin the magic for fear that he would never do it again. My father had to leave them secretly at night so as no one might catch him with his guard down. He was scared of human emotion. He didn't understand it or know how to deal with it, but he did know donuts. <laughs> when I allow the floodgates to open up, there are other memories that come rushing back. Memories of other tiny gestures, however imperfect, that showed that he did what he could. So tonight, rather than focusing on what my father did not do, I want to focus on all the things he did do and on his own personal challenges. I want to stop judging him. I have, I have started reflecting on the fact that my father grew up in the South, in the South, in a very poor family. He came of age during the Depression, and his own father, who struggled to feed his children, showed little affection toward his family and raised him. He raised my father and his siblings with an iron fist. Who could have imagined what it was like to grow up a poor black man in the South, robbed of dignity, bereft of hope, struggling to become a man in a world that saw my father as subordinate. I, I was the first black artist to be played on MTV. And I remember how big a deal it was even then, and that was in the 1980s. My father moved to Indiana and had a large family of his own, working long hours in the steel mills, work that kills the lungs and humbles the spirit, all to support his family. Is it any wonder that he found it difficult to expose his feelings? Is it any mystery that he hardened his heart, that he raised the emotional ramparts? And most of all, is it any wonder why he pushed his sons so hard to succeed as performers? So that they could be saved from what he knew to be a life of indignity and poverty. I have begun to see that even my father's harshness was a kind of love, an imperfect love to be sure, but love nonetheless. He pushed me because he loved me, because he wanted no man to ever look down at his offspring. And now, with time, Rather than bitterness, I feel blessing. In the place of anger, I have found absolution. And in the place of revenge, I have found reconciliation. And my initial fury has slowly given way to forgiveness. Let me read a quote that, that Michael said. He said, I thought this was interesting. He said, talent is something God gives to a performer, mm -hmm. but my father taught us how to cultivate it. I thought that was... A nice so, thing said. Where did you get that from? That's, that's the first that's, time I heard of that's it. That's the first time you heard it? Yeah. That's, that's out of his book. That's out of his, bio, his autobiography. Uh -huh. 
Well, I did taught them a lot of things, you know. They, when they walked out on that stage, they were ready for, out there for anything, you know. You're in Michael's trial for the, you know, the, the sex abuse trial, and you walking with him, you know, outside almost every day to that courthouse. There was a real sense of pride on your, on your face, and then it was like you were protecting your son at, at, at a moment where he really needed it. Yeah, but, but by being there when he needed me, that was support I was giving him, giving him. That was support that he needed to know that I was there for him. And that's what I did. I was there at all those times, of course. Do you think he needed you before he passed? Did, was there yes, a time he did. He I tried so hard. I tried so hard. J. Cast.